0: Chapter number forty-one of Nature and Art. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. Nature and Art by Elizabeth Ichabod. Chapter forty-one. If unaffected by the scene he had witnessed william sat down to dinner with an appetite let not the reader conceive that the most distant suspicion had struck his mind of his ever having seen much less familiarly known the poor offender whom he had just condemned still this forgetfulness did not proceed from the want of memory for agnes in every peevish or heavy hour passed with his wife he was sure to think of her yet it was self-love rather than love of her that gave rise to these thoughts he felt the lack of female sympathy and tenderness to soften the fatigue of studious labor to soothe a sullen a morose disposition he felt he wanted comfort for himself but never once considered what were the wants of agnes in the chagrin of a barren bed he sometimes thought too even on the child that agnes bore him but whether it were male or female whether a beggar in the streets or dead various and important public occupations forbade him to waste time to inquire yet the poor the widow and the orphan frequently shared william's ostentatious bounty he was the president of many excellent charities gave largely and sometimes instituted benevolent societies for the unhappy for he delighted to load the poor with obligations and the rich with praise there are persons like him who love to do every good but that which their immediate duty requires there are servants who will serve every one more cheerfully than their masters there are men who will distribute money liberally to all except their creditors and there are wives who will love all mankind better than their husbands duty is a familiar word which has little effect upon an ordinary mind and as ordinary minds make a vast majority we have acts of generosity valor self-denial and bounty where smaller pains would constitute greater virtues had william followed the common dictates of charity had he adopted private pity instead of public munificence had he cast an eye at home before he sought abroad for objects of compassion Agnes had been preserved from an ingenious death, and he had been preserved from remorse, the tortures of which he for the first time proved on reading a printed sheet of paper accidentally thrown his way a few days after he had left the town in which he had condemned her to die. March twelfth, 1790 The Last Dying Words, Speech and Confession, Birth, Parentage and Education, Life, Character and Behavior of Agnes Primrose, who was executed this morning between the hours of ten and twelve, pursuant to the sentence passed upon her by the Honourable Justice, Norwynn. Agnes Primrose was born of honest parents in the village of Anfield, in the county of William started at the name of the village and county, but being led astray by the arts and flattery of seducing men, she fell from the paths of virtue and took to bad company, which instilled in her young heart all their evil ways, and at length brought her to this untimely end. So she hopes her death will be a warning to all young persons of her own sex. How they listen to the praises and courtship of young men, especially of those who are their betters, for they only court to deceive. But she said Agnes freely forgives all persons who have done her injury or given her sorrow, from the young man who first won her heart to the jury who found her guilty and the judge who condemned her to death. And she acknowledges the justice of her sentence not only in respect of the crime for which she suffers but in regard to many other heinous sins of which she has been guilty more especially that of once attempting to commit a murder upon her own helpless child for which guilt she now considers the vengeance of god has overtaken her to which she is patiently resigned and departs in peace and charity with all the world praying the lord to have mercy on her parting soul postscript to the confession so great was this unhappy woman's terror of death and the awful judgment that was to follow that when sentence was pronounced upon her she fell into a swoon from that into convulsions from which she never entirely recovered but was delirious to the time of her execution except that short interval in which she made her confession to the clergyman who attended her she has left one child a youth about sixteen who has never forsaken his mother during all the time of her imprisonment but waited on her with true filial duty and no sooner was her fatal sentence passed then he began to droop and now lies dangerously ill near the prison from which she is released by death during the loss of her senses the said agnes primrose raved continually on this child and asking for pen ink and paper wrote an incoherent petition to the judge recommending the youth to his protection and mercy but notwithstanding this insanity she behaved with composure and resignation when the fatal morning arrived in which she was to be launched into eternity she prayed devoutly during the last hour and seemed to have her whole mind fixed on the world to which she was going a crowd of spectators followed her to the fatal spot most of whom returned weeping at the recollection of the fervency with which she prayed and the impression which her dreadful state seemed to make upon her no sooner had the name of anfield struck william than a thousand reflections and remembrances flashed on his mind to give him full conviction whom it was he had judged and sentenced he recollected the sand remains of agnes such as he once had known her and now he wondered how his thoughts could have been absent from an object so pitiable so worthy of his attention and not to give him every suspicion who she was either from her name or from her person during the whole trial but wonder astonishment horror and every other sensation was absorbed by remorse it wounded it stabbed it rent his hard heart as it would do a tender one it havoced on his firm inflexible mind as it would on a weak and pliant brain spirit of agnes look down and behold all your wrongs revenged william feels Remorse. End of chapter 41. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C.